Dear listener, first let me start off by saying that it's a warm Sunday in May and I'm on my blue velvet couch typing this letter to you all on my Retina 13-inch mid-2014 MacBook Pro. Today's episode will be more like a reading, just like the first episode that I put out all the way back in 2018. Yep, it's been five and a half years. Now, before we get into this reading, let's talk about the blue velvet couch. You know how they say if only these walls could talk? Well, that's how I view my couch. Girl has seen quite a bit. This little couch, which is also a pullout, was purchased for me back in 2017 when I lived alone in my walk-up studio apartment on the Upper West Side. Gosh, that apartment tested me. A 10-foot by 11-foot yellow-painted room with zero windows except one little skylight on my ceiling. You say a sane asylum, I say a steal for anything less than 2K and a block away from Central Park. To be fair, though, I did go crazy. I also must mention that I had the joy of turning 21 at that apartment. Why did I think that living alone, being able to legally drink, and have no windows was a good idea? Three words, New York City. I don't care where you're from, at one point or another, you have fantasized about what it would be like to live in the city. Growing up, my parents, while they were married, used to take my siblings and I to New York City for Christmas. It was a tradition we had every year. Now, I grew up on Long Island, so the city was only about an hour away, but it was always that magical place that was just within reach, but you couldn't quite touch. That's why I loved Christmas, because it was my time to live out my fantasy. We would pack our suitcases for the weekend, put on our nicest jackets, sprayed way too much perfume, and hop in our Lincoln Navigator. I remember my mom would play her favorite Christmas songs like Believe by Josh Groban or Oh Holy Night by Clay Aiken. Like any teenage girl, I would romanticize the moment by staring out the window as we started making our way out of the suburbs, under the Midtown Tunnel, and into Manhattan. I remember the crisp air hitting my face as we rolled down the windows in excitement, the fluorescent lights cascading over us, and of course, the smell of the hot dog stands. My dad would check us into the Marriott Marquis, which could have been the Ritz for all I cared. I just was happy to be there. I felt like a damn celebrity. As we brought all our luggage from the car to the elevators that looked like tubes, we were so excited. I remember that feeling of giggling with my siblings and just being really, really happy. The weekend was followed by a dinner at some iconic Italian restaurant we typically frequent in Carmine's, a Broadway play, and then my mom would let us open up our Christmas presents in the hotel room while we wore matching pajamas. Now, mix all those memories in with six seasons of Sex in the City, and we can see why Lil Sydney wanted the studio apartment at 21. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, right? I mean, that's what they say, and I was determined to find out. I began blogging my senior year of high school and decided to call the blog Small Talk with Sid. I actually came up with the name during one of our famous car rides into the city. I wanted the blog to be a site where people could come get quick lifestyle wrecks all in one place without having to read through long articles, hence the small talk part. So with that idea, I thought, this is it. This is going to be my thing. That was in 2015, back when bloggers and influencers were all the rage. For two years, I would have friends help me take pictures of my outfits. I would make recommendations of my favorite places to eat, shop, travel, etc. However, I didn't want to just take pictures and be like those big bloggers. I wanted to be friends with them. But how was I going to do it? They had massive followings, and I was just some sophomore in college with no Instagram following. So I heard of this word podcast that was beginning to trend. I was never really into podcasts myself, but I was curious what it was all about. And after some research, my interests were piqued. One day, I was at lunch with one of my good friends slash future roommate, Scab, at the Butcher's Daughter in the West Village, and I announced my decision. I'm starting a podcast. And just like that, my mind was made up. 
It was going to be my networking secret, a way to get in with the socialites, influencers, and coolest people of the time. Did I know anything about podcasting? Nope. All I knew was that I needed a microphone and some guest. So I began researching on YouTube how to record, what equipment to buy, how to edit, etc. Then I reached out to the fitness girls, Sweats in the City, who had a few hundred thousand followers at the time, to be my first guest on the show. But I needed a place to record. I was far too embarrassed to have anyone over my insane asylum, so I reached out to Arlo Soho and asked them if I could borrow a room to record in. And without hesitation, they shockingly said yes. I was in. Since then, I've interviewed 67 guests, did two solos, which would make a total of 69 episodes, and my life has changed drastically. Doing Small Talk with Sid for five and a half years has been a huge part of my early 20s. I love how it challenged me to chase after my dreams, how it pushed me out of my comfort zone, and how it showed me that no matter how old I get, there's always going to be a 21-year-old fiery girl with a little edge that lives inside of me. My stories from those five and a half years could honestly be a book on its own, and maybe one day it will be. But for now, the short version is that I hosted a few events with incredible brands like Bandier. I went to multiple New York Fashion Week shows. I even snuck into Prabal Garong and got first row. Had many iconic club nights, one which ended with me dancing in a DJ booth with Ashley Benson. Thought I met my first boyfriend who would tell me to sneak out of the school library and meet him for a date in the park. LOL, that one did not turn out well, and I still have yet to find my first boyfriend, and so much more. While those years were amazing and I will always hold them in a special place in my heart, I have to be honest, I was so lost. I was sad. I desperately was craving intimacy and I could not find it anywhere. The funny thing about New York is that it is one of the most populated cities in the world, but it's also where you can feel the loneliness. I cried myself to sleep many, many nights, even when I moved in with one of my best friends, Gab, I still felt so lonely. I felt like no one understands me. No one sees my heart. No one knows how much love I have to give. I remember I called my dad one night and cried my eyes out to him. Like a true gentleman, he drove to meet me in Midtown at my new apartment and came to my front door with a dozen pink roses in hand for a movie night. Oh, and yes, my blue velvet couch came with me to that apartment too. But even then, those moments would flee, and I would be left with that empty feeling again. I would keep chasing validation through friends, social media, boys, and more. However, there was this thing, this one thing that gave me peace, comfort, and love more than anything or anyone, and he was knocking on my door. Okay, so let's go back for a second. Where is this going? I think we need to go back to the beginning. Not like my birth or anything, just my upbringing. I was raised Christian growing up. That's my faith. I don't use the word religion because I didn't grow up in a religious family. My parents never shoved God down my throat or made me think my mistakes defined who I am. They simply planted a seed in me. We went to church every Sunday and I loved it. Some of my best friends till this day I met in church. We would meet every Friday night for group activities, fellowship, and more. I was even a part of this program called STARS where we learned the Bible, memorized scripture, and got to deepen our faith at a young age. When the program was completed, I participated in a crowning ceremony at a weekend retreat where we met with a bunch of other young girls from all over the country who completed that same program. I vividly remember that retreat where I got to experience real fellowship with other like-minded young women. This one evening, we began praying for each other, and it got super emotional. I began praying for girls I never even met. I was crying with them. It was so powerful. I have some other great memories regarding my faith from childhood. For example, I had a journal where I would write to God and tell him all my fears, anxieties, dreams, and wishes. I even remember when I moved to a new school and I had, like, no friends, I would look up into the sky and say, God, I don't need anybody. You're my best friend. 
Okay, so how do we go from clubbing to church? Well, remember that guy I said that was knocking on my door? Yeah, it wasn't the delivery guy, although I did get far too much Uber Eats at the time. It was my Heavenly Father, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I might have lost course during my partying years, my parents' divorce, and New York City culture, but he never forgot about me, and he was waiting for me to return. I slowly began attending church again in the city. I would go alone and sit by myself in the stands. It was weird going to church because no one was waking me up on a Sunday and yelling at me to get out of bed. It was just between him and I. I remember the first service, a little flame sparked back up inside of me. I felt like God was embracing me, holding me, telling me how much he loved me. I felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. But those years, I was kind of playing on both sides of the fence, you see. I would drink too much on Saturdays and then go to church on Sundays. Something just wasn't right in the spirit. I didn't want to live this double life, but I also didn't know how to stop. All my New York City friends knew me as the girl who took too many shots and knew how to get down on the dance floor. They didn't know this other version of me. It was like my little secret. A few years of living on the fence was exhausting. Then COVID happened. By this point, I already graduated college and was working my first big girl job on Fifth Avenue. We all thought we would be out of office for just two weeks, but clearly we were all wrong. That was back in 2020, and now it's 2023. So what happened in those three years? Well, I moved back in with my parents, back to Long Island, and ended my lease at my Midtown apartment. And guess what? It was the best thing to ever happen to me. I got to live one year with my mom and another year with my dad. I got to get back to my roots, back to the real me, to who I was before New York City. I was so happy to get back to the place I was so desperately trying to get away from. I began connecting with my parents as an adult, learning how to cook, spending time with my grandma, reconnecting with childhood friends. I was beginning to see things more clearly. It was a time I was super grateful for and necessary for my growth. I think many people felt the same way. But God was making other plans for me. So my best friend Jackie and I always had this dream of living together, like most best friends do. But for many years, that dream seemed like it probably wasn't going to happen. It just simply wasn't in the cards for us, or so we thought. By the way, you guys should know that Miss Jackie is truly my ride or die. We met in the third grade, and our friendship deserves an episode of its own. But the abbreviated version is that she is one of the best gifts God has blessed me with in this life. So with that, we both began messing around with the idea of moving. I knew in my heart I didn't want to go back to the city. And let me be clear in that I still adore New York City so much, but I needed a new environment personally for this next chapter. I needed a place where no one knew me, a place I can get to know the real me. I prayed to God for one year saying, God, if Miami is the plan, please make a way. And if it is not, let me know. Also, I didn't get why God was leading me to Miami. I mean, trying to find myself in the 305, that didn't sound like a God-led plan. Well, a year passed by and we finally sold my childhood home and Jackie ended the lease on her apartment. And by then, the answer was pretty clear. December of 2022, we booked a flight to scope out apartments. And by God's grace, we found one that met all of our requirements, which included two bedrooms of equal size, two walk-in closets, floor-to-ceiling windows, a large balcony, and a washer and dryer in unit. That same weekend, we also found an amazing church called Vu Church and attended a service. The sermon was all about how you have to trust where God is leading you. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. I'm going to trust you. In January of 2023, we packed up our car and box truck. We filled it to the brim and made our 24-hour plus drive from Long Island, New York to Miami, Florida. And that brings us to present day. I am sitting here once again on that same velvet blue couch. Furniture's expensive, okay? And I'm writing a goodbye letter for now to you all. 
The last few months, I have recorded episodes with amazing guests, and I have learned so much. However, I am being called to close this chapter. I've been on an intense spiritual journey and decided I want to take this time in my life to deepen my relationship with Jesus. I'm 26 years old, single, and still seeking that same intimacy I was at 21. The only difference is I am no longer playing on both sides of the fence. I am giving God my all because he deserves that. I believe I will be back someday because I have absolutely loved getting to chat with all of you the last five and a half years. I've heard the most incredible stories, got to meet the most interesting people, listen to different perspectives, and even make new friends. However, in life, I think it's important to know not only when to go, but when to pause. In order for me to know where I'm going, I have to take this time to figure out what my purpose is. Also, a fun little fact is that this is my 70th episode, and I looked up if the number 70 has any biblical meaning, and I found that it represents completion, wholeness, and the real thing. Talk about signs. So, as I wrap up this goodbye letter, I can't help but think of Carrie Bradshaw as she types her Sex in the City column for the New York Star on her laptop. While Carrie and I cannot be more different, I think it's important to think about the characters and people that originally inspired the journey. I am no longer in New York City, but I am certainly more sure of where I am headed. And to conclude, in true Carrie Bradshaw fashion, was it the end of an era or the start of the greatest adventure? I love you all. Goodbye for now.